I, I was building things. I wasn't really an actor, mm -hmm. you know? So it mm -hmm. took me a minute to click the dots and then listening to these books. I was like, oh, I'm a business guy. Like, I need to build a business. And I just went for it. It's gonna, it took me a long time. I'm a slow learner, but eventually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. incredible. So I mean, yeah, I... Everybody's journey is different, but it came from confidence and support. I got very, very lucky. Had the right mentors in my life at the right time. What's up? What's going on? It's your boy. It's your host, Jamar Jones. And we got another banger for you here today uh, on the Forever Podcast as we talk about things that are personal and things that are business because business is personal. And we really get into some amazing conversations. Um, myself, I am the founder of Forever Media. I'm also a national speaker and the author of the book, Change Your Circle, Change Your Life. And we are going to be doing that right now, right here today, as we have an awesome guest that I want to introduce, and he is absolutely incredible. Guy actually got the intro from uh, from Randy as he was talking with uh, with Matthew and, uh, you know, really was, in, really was uh, encouraged and inspired by the conversation that they got into. So we want to get into that discussion here today. So Matthew Hunt is a serial entrepreneur, B2B sales marketing expert and a coach to company CEOs, marketing directors, and entrepreneurs. He, you know, his extensive experience over a decade of helping B2B companies succeed in sales and marketing has driven him to create several seven-figure businesses, and he's just getting started. His company, Automation Wolf, is known for helping clients generate a full month of LinkedIn content in just one hour per week. Welcome, Matthew. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. I, I like that. You are the some of the five closest people to you, isn't it? Isn't that true? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Is that where you got it from? Heard that a long uh, time ago. Yeah, it was up, kind up, of a collection circle. of things. Yeah. Yeah. The the influence and um, I mean, it was a it was a selection of things, but uh, you know, it's also the ability to change your circle as well. You know, yes. so once you identify your current circle, then how do you get into new ones? Yes. How do you expand that circle? So it expands your mind, your opportunities um, and just really your direction in life and That's ultimately it. can it's, change it. Yeah, it's really interesting. What would be like step one for someone who feels like they're just like stuck in the wrong place? You know, like it's the circle of friends and family and everything they have. What would be the first step for someone that you'd recommend to start getting outside of that circle? Yeah, I mean, I always say that the first step for anybody is to evaluate it first. So this is a simple way um, anybody can do it at any stage. And you probably have to do it multiple times because you have to constantly reevaluate. But kind of write down a list of all the people that are close to you, friends, family, coworkers, acquaintances. Write them their names all down on the list and simply just put a plus or a negative next to their name. Are they adding to your life? Or are they subtracting from your life? And you can kind of say that in any way, shape, or form that you deem necessary. Um, and just put that. And if you have too many negatives at the end of the day, then positives, then you know you need to do some things to, to start positioning that. And the one thing you could do right away is starting to you know eliminate um, or really just kind of put barriers around um, those people that have those negatives um, slowly. Because some people are family and you can't just – can't just X them <laughs> right away. Yeah, it's, tough. it's tough. Yeah, it's a tough one. I remember I had this big epiphany. It wasn't from me, but it was, uh, you know, it was I was 17 and my parents were going through a, a divorce and things were just kind of felt like they were melting down. And I had a teacher at the time and he just said, you know, 
Fam is just a bunch of people you guys stuck with. You either love them or you don't, you know? And, th- and then he said, but if your friends suck, it's your problem, right? You chose yeah, those individuals. Yeah. So he's like, do your friends suck? And I was like, no, I like my friends. He's like, well, you're good then. Don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. It felt like it, everything just felt better. And he told me another thing too. He's like, your parents aren't any smarter than you are. They're just doing the best with the tools that they were given, right? Of like, course. They love you. And I was like, what? Because you always think of like, you know, when you're a young kid, you think of your elders and other people around you as being like smarter, but not always, right? Not always. Not always. Yeah. (laughs) Not always. That's great advice. I like that. That plus or minus thing. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's just a starter, you know, just, you know, there's different, probably more things that you could do. And I outlined that all in the book. And, you know, I just kind of looked back at my life and I said, how did I get here? Mm. (laughs) How in the world did I get here? And it was the ability to know myself and then the ability to change my circle again and again and again. And now I'm just pouring gasoline on changing the circle, which I'm, I'm doing today with you talking with you, which is, uh, which is awesome. So how did you get into the space, you know, B2B, um, marketing, um, you know, and, and also the LinkedIn LinkedIn space. Oh, geez. Well, I'll try to give you the short version of it. So, so I kind of backed into entrepreneurship um, by accident. Like I didn't know that I was an entrepreneur, so I wasn't quite sure what I was. But um, I was uh, I. Looking back, I realized I was always fixing things and gravitating towards managing things and operations. So I was always looking at making things better, no matter where I worked. Even when I worked at a lot of jobs. I tended to uh, have a lot of friction with my managers or bosses or even to the point where they'd fire me because they'd be like, because I'd, I'd be frustrated that something I could see that something could work better and I would tell them it works better then they wouldn't fix it. And I'd be like, why are you not fixing it? Why are you, why are you so dumb? Why are you moron? Like, like <laughs> fix this thing. And I'd be too vocal because I was too young to bite my tongue back then and not realize the, everything that was happening. Because what I realized later on as becoming an entrepreneur was sometimes stuff is broken and you know it needs fixing, but it's not the thing that needs to be fixed right now. Or sometimes you just can't fix it because the machine has gotten away from you. Like if you right. build a big enough organization, right. this is why many Fortune 500 companies are like, you're like, really? This is yeah. this is how we do things? It's just too big. You, you, you can't undo that, right? So it's very, very, very difficult. Now, small companies like the ones I built, you can undo anything and fix anything. But that's probably where, where it came in. But the ultimate, like how it triggered was literally I was working for a terrible boss at a restaurant and he was reaming out the uh, security uh, person at the front door. I just thought he was being super disrespectful to him. And I'm like, you can't talk to people that way. I quit. And I'm like, if this moron can make a million bucks, I can make a million bucks. And I started my journey. Now, no, don't get me wrong. I had started my journey for 10 years prior to that, listening to books and tapes and reading Tony Robbins. Okay. And like everything. Like I had to change my mindset for a long time. I was very interested in becoming a better person, but didn't quite. So you digested that. first he, and way then. Way too long. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> like a decade. I think I was introduced my first book at like 23. You know what I mean? Okay. And then it wasn't until I was 31 that I actually had a change in it. So it was the boss. Plus I had a, a kid on the way. So my mm-hmm. wife was pregnant with my firstborn. And so between mm-hmm. the two, that was enough of a change in it for me to like, actually like get focused and do something. And then, you know, I built an agency. It, I built my first um, agency in 2010 as an official business. Prior to that, I always was doing a very sort of sales or only commission-based type jobs most of the time. Okay. So I, I was more self-employed. I was an actor. I did door-to-door sales. 
yeah. uh, serve tables. So everything like I didn't get paid a salary for anything. Like you earned it. You earned what yeah. you made, right? Yeah. So I was comfortable with that transition into entrepreneurship already of like hunting for what you want. I just didn't know how to ru- like run a, a business. So I, I officially started the the one in 2010. And then exit that one in 2014. And then I uh, exited into a bigger business, which was awesome. That's when I really learned how to build a business and got to scale that one for another four and a half years and then exited that one, took a little time off okay, and realized that uh, not doing anything sucks more than doing things. I thought I was, I thought I was tired. Like I thought I needed a break, but honestly, like after three months, I'm just like, this is stupid. Like why, 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 why would you not want to work? Like, like you think you're going to read all these books. You think you're going to go write a book. You think you're going to sit on the beach. You think, you, you think all these weird things, but it was honestly like not fun at all for me, yeah. really depressing. And so I was like, I just need to build something again. And so like, I kind of figured it out and started building something. And I feel like this is the the third time it's like, oh, this one's like really awesome. Like I'm really enjoying the process and I have an oh, incredible okay. team. Like this yeah. is probably the best version of all those things so it took me you know it's it's you know 20 years in the making 15 years of practicing before right. i feel like i kind of know what i'm doing you know um and i say kind of because it's always still a process you're always learning yeah, yeah i think of it as like a learning thing like a spiral like you know like if you make mistakes you know as life goes on if you can picture it for those that can see me you'll you'll know what it is but think of it as like a tornado at the very bottom you keep hitting the bump like you keep like you know you just yeah. keep hitting it but then as you get on it's not that you don't keep repeating those same mistakes because you're just human and we tend to lean into the same stupid mistakes all the time <laughs> but you just don't hit it as often because it gets wider and wider as you get up right and so you just you're just yeah. hitting it less frequently but it's always seems for me to be in the same lessons yeah yeah, and they're always tied sure. to like some trauma that you had as a child, which I think yeah. most people have, you know, if you want to get really deep in it all, it's usually tied yeah. to something messed up like that. Like mine was, I was dyslexic it, or I am, yeah. you know, and I had trouble yeah. in school. It was really hard for me. And, and I grew up in rough neighborhoods and yeah. I had a bit of chip on my shoulder, you know? So, um, you know, I've always been trying to prove people wrong. <laughs> yeah yeah you always you always oh, wanna wanna have do that. this make money and build a business you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and it sounded like too that you know once you you know exited those other companies you took that time off that you know it all boils down to purpose you know what mm-hmm. what's your purpose here on the earth i mean you can go into you can, relaxation time is great but what keeps people going the reason to live is purpose. So either that's your family, maybe it's, you know, creating, maybe it's just connecting um, with others. Maybe it's giving back, maybe it's helping, um, maybe it's building, you know, like these are all things that are purposeful, you know, that give you that energy to say, okay, I'm going to keep going. You can only relax for so long. (laughs) Yeah. And so you feel like you need something. Yeah. And the purpose can be very selfish and very small. Like, you know, for me, like if it's just creating, like I like creating, I'm happiest when I'm creating, I'm happiest when I'm in a struggle. 
you know, and I can say like, I'm have all these purposes to save the world and connect my family. It's not true. I'm a selfish individual. <laughs> my kids are going to eventually raise and move out and they're going to ignore me and they're going to need therapy. Like, like, who am I kidding? Right? Like, am I re like, honestly, like, like, let's get real with this. So many people always have like this big lofty, like, mission yeah. vision, and values and i have them my company too but most of it's bullshit like we're doing it because like we have this <laughs> internal need as a crazy fucked up person who needs to create and feel valued and their ego right. strike stroke right like that's a part of right. the process but i'm happiest when i'm creating you know like yeah and when i'm going through struggle i'm not happy when i'm like winning and i'm not happy when i'm losing it's kind of like that in-between thing but there's definitely friction and pressure and constraints like that oh I'm yeah like. Yeah. Yeah. Problem solving. I mean, yeah. It's problem just solving. To problem solving like and yeah. And figuring out what's next. Um, yeah. What's the journey? So for you, kind of through your path. So did you go to college or were you just straight out of high I, school? And, and I did. I went. I went it? to. You no, know, I went to theater school. So I'm classically trained uh, theater actor who like studied Shakespeare and Moliere and all this other stuff. Interesting. And I, yeah. And so, and I got lucky only because I found some mentors in high school who, cause I auditioned for a play as a joke. Cause I was that kid. Like they're like, go, I go, go audition for the play. I'll go audition for the play. And then the next thing I knew they gave me a part. And then like a little bit through the, the teachers were really good to me. They're actually, the reason I actually were really good to me was I, um, I actually set my high school on fire and they i was supposed to be expelled from the school system altogether but you set the high school on fire yeah and so so <laughs> and so <laughs> and <What>? why because <laughs> you're stupid like you're a teenager was like, it a prank was like it a dare pretty, what is yeah it? pretty yeah pretty much that's exactly how it went down a bunch of teenagers smoking a bunch of joints and going no you do it no you do it no you do it and finally you know i was like shut up i'll just do it Next thing you know, the school's on fire, right? And you're like, holy shit, what, what, oh like, what do we do? God. You know, we're just dumb, right? Just dumb. This is why there's laws that you should have stuff abolished when you're a teenager. Because I wasn't a bad kid. <laughs> I wasn't a bad kid. I really wasn't. I was raised well by my mom and all the other stuff, right? So these teachers, though, came to my rescue. And they basically said, this is not a kid you want to kick out. Like, he's a good kid. And then I was like... Huh. Why they do? They didn't. I was like, they don't know me. Why they do that for me? Like I and and then I just kind of started hanging out with more of the theater kids, and I was like, this is a good group. And then they give me big roles, and they're like, you know what? Like you can't read and write, but you're a really good on stage. And like when you memorize your lines, you're strong. And then they were started working with me on my speech impediments because I spoke like I had marbles in my mouth. And like after school, right. and then I built my confidence okay. up. And then I was like, I'm going to go to theater school. So then I auditioned and I got in and then I trained as that. And I did acting on stage for a decade. And then, you know, when my wife got pregnant, I was on tour and I was like, you know what, this is kind of not going to work. And honestly, it wasn't serving me because even at the theater, I was putting on shows and producing them and directing them. And like, I was always like making a move. I, I was building things. I wasn't really an mm -hmm. actor, you know? So it mm -hmm. took me a minute to click the dots and then listening to these books. I was like, oh, I'm a business guy. Like I need to build a business and i just went for it. it's kind of it took me a long time i'm a slow learner but eventually yeah yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's that's yeah. incredible so I everybody, mean, yeah, I, everybody's journey is different but it came from confidence and support i got very very lucky had the right mentors in my life at the right time yeah and i Mentor. was open enough and not yeah. too broken to say yes to take a chance because you know life is scary right it could have very easily yeah. gone the other way in in many different ways and i see that happen oh a lot God. of amazing incredible people i see a lot of kids you know, or people who, you know, made wrong dis mistakes, but they very easily could be the next, you know, entrepreneur. And if you actually, if you even like interview, I bet you most entrepreneurs, most of them probably had 
learning challenges in school. Most of them probably yeah. have a history of being a troubled kid. You know, like these are the exactly the kids you want to foster and that kind of creativity. I mean, being a criminal is not that much different than being an entrepreneur. You're just using one for good and one for bad, right? I mean, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the same skills. You're still building an organization, right? It still requires the same structure. Exactly. It's exactly. still marketing. It's still sales. Yeah. yeah. It's still people yeah. skills. It's still soft skills, you know, like all of those things. So you just need to apply it in the right ways. And sometimes you get lucky based on your environment and, and you make some, you say yes to the right things for, and no to the wrong things and you go on your own journey, right? And some people yeah. have it easy and others don't. Who cares? Run your race. You know what I mean? And as long as you're moving, trending in the right direction, you'll get where you need to go. It's a long, it's a long game, man. Oh yeah. You got to play the <laughs> long game, but it's, uh, it's, it's incredible about your, your story because, you know, a lot of people are trying to find that exact path of where to go. Um, yeah. And I always talk about mentorship and it's, it's so important to say, like you said, you said yes at the right opportunities. Um, but it's also about that belief and, you know, where those teachers saw something in you yeah. where they said like, Hey, let's not expel this person because that could also send you down a whole nother path yeah. um, of resentment, um, anger, probably depression, you know, et cetera. And those teachers said, nah, like, you know, the track record in the past is probably pretty, pretty good. Let's, let's give this person another chance. There's something here and saw something to you. And then you also agreed and said yes, which was a huge turning point. Um, and I do believe that where people, you know, a lot of times they struggle. Like I struggled a lot of times in school, math, uh, in particular, <laughs> um, I went to, I went to four different high schools, you know, growing up, I, uh, School is very difficult, but I am one that is a connector and a creator, and I really know how to do those very well. Mm -hmm. And once you start to know yourself and you can master yourself, um, you know, that's where you start to say, hey, the possibilities are endless as long as I know my superpower. I know what yeah. I can contribute here. Um, and that's and that really helped me kind of get to the to the path of entrepreneurship and because um, I was really on, honestly an entrepreneur from a very young age with uh, with music. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I was, uh, you know, music artist, um, hip hop, I did like motivational hip hop and traveled all around, did hundreds of shows. Um, but I built that whole thing, you know, and that was a form of entrepreneurship, you know, 100%. Um, 100% it was. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. The team, all the marketing, the production, the <laughs> yeah. everything, the traveling, logistics. Yeah. You had selling. what it takes, right? Yeah. <laughs> You, have it takes, it you just need to get in the right vehicle, the right boat, right? You know? Yeah. And, and sometimes it takes a bunch of tries to, to get there. And, you know, I don't know about you, but like I had a, like a little bit of a crisis, identity crisis when I went from acting to entrepreneurship. And one of the things that held me back from doing business huh. when I was young was I actually was ready at probably 26, 27, but I felt like I was uh, not being my authentic self or leaving the previous community or circle that I was in by moving to mm. entrepreneurship versus being in the theater community and the acting community yeah, or two different worlds, movies, two different yeah. worlds. And I didn't realize, Oh, you could be good at two things. It's only yeah. today. It's only today that this is a thing. You have to think like, if you go back long enough, actors and celebrities and stuff didn't run businesses back then, no. but today entrepreneurs and, and artists, they build, they build empires. Like they understand they're the media. They are a media yes. company now. And then they spin out business after business after business because they own the community and the trust with the community. Yeah. I, I wish I'd known this stuff back then. I probably never even would have left that interest to be honest with you. I would have built it off of just really focusing on becoming a media company. And it took me several right. 
iterations before I realized, oh, damn, this creator thing, personal branding thing, this media branding thing, this is a legit thing, this community thing. Because if you own the relationship with a community, you literally have a license to print money. You can do whatever you want. Right. Endless opportunities. Right. That's that's the golden ticket. Yeah. An audience. You know, if you can create an audience of some form where they're uh, interested in something that you do, um, that's where you gain. I mean, that's it with anything in this world. (laughs) If you have an audience within religion, if you have an audience (laughs) within a basketball team, if you have an audience within a business, you know, you create a brand like Nike, they have an audience that is looking out for that next shoe, the next drop, the next this. I mean, audiences really rule everything and if you have that yeah it's, uh, it's just it's absolutely a, amazing it's it's called being a media company and what's great is yeah. it's so distributed now and it's getting smaller little because you can be a micro sort of celebrity and build your own like yeah. community but the but the reality is like if you can picture it on the screen it's like a triangle of like leverage right and the bottom one is leveraging yeah. other people's time right and the middle one is is then leveraging capital and the next one is software and automation but the top one the pillar of the pyramid is media and if you can conquer that one you can do all the others anyways <laughs> so i learned the one with like labor to begin with right and then i never i've always been bootstrapped so i've never taken capital it's just like it's like a value base for me that if it does not profit mm-hmm. day one I, I just can't wrap my brain around it i don't want to be a part of it mm-hmm. and then you know software i've dabbled in and then media is the one that i've been missing and now it's i'm super hyper focused on media like building a podcast like this right now or speaking and doing other things like this is media building this is personal yeah. branding this yeah. is this is the and community building as well too so community and media are the are the is the highest point you can get in the pyramid and when you can do that you can do anything i love that visual too that's a great way of putting it and so when we talk about what you're doing today and you say like you, yeah. you love it you have a passion for it um you know what's um what's some of the challenges that you see with helping you know entrepreneurs ceos within totally. um you know, just getting into LinkedIn, because uh, I mean, LinkedIn's my number one platform. I love LinkedIn. Um, it's super powerful. The relationships we built off there is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of owners, CEOs, leadership don't understand the power of LinkedIn. They still think it's used for resumes and that's yeah. it. <laughs> so what are some of the challenges that you kind of help solve Um because I, I'm a hyper, you know, I, I believe in this space 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, LinkedIn is just another social media network, no different than TikTok, YouTube, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it, right? They're all just a little different in their culture and the people that are on there. But LinkedIn is not as active as like the other platforms, but it's great if you want to target B2B or high net worth individuals or, you know, senior type executives and leadership, like great, great place to be. The average salary is like three times X that you'll find on, you know, Instagram or TikTok. Not to say that that is in the future. You want to play in those different areas as well too. But if it's B2B business, you need to be on LinkedIn, right? It's, it's, it's like that. So the reason I, uh, what, what I actually do, so the problems that I actually solve is like, so our, what we, what we do is we actually help uh, B2B companies build demand on LinkedIn. However, the problem that I actually solve is the op- is the obstacle of time. So mm. everyone I work with is a busy founder or CEO. And it's not that they don't know that they need to have a personal brand or publish content on LinkedIn on a regular basis for them and their, their brand and their company. Nor is it like that they 
don't know how, how to do it. They just literally don't have enough time. So I, I was like, ah, that's the problem I'm actually solving. It's not money. It's not how. It's not that they should do it. Like I literally preached to the choir. Like people who buy from me, they're like, yeah, I'm in. I get it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but but how am I supposed to do this? I tried it and it's inconsistent. It takes me an hour a day to write a post or like, you know, blah, like I don't know what to write, yeah. like all these other, other things. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll solve this problem. And so we created a product initially that would help people create and uh, get their content distributed on LinkedIn with just one hour per month. It's actually an hour and a half, be honest with you. Now that we've <laughs> one hour sounds a little better. <laughs> but what, well, one hour is to capture it, and then I need you for 30 minutes to approve it or provide feedback. And then we take right. care of all the tedious stuff that you do. But the way we do it is, one, we created a system on being able to create compelling content every single time. But two, we meet with them privately like this, and we interview mm -hmm. them. But we do it with the intention of making snackable content because the intention of snackable content is different than long-form content like a podcast. And it's very hard to slice and dice it out. And it's a different flavor and tone and process that you're going through and we're doing it. You've, you know, when you're in the newsfeed, doesn't matter if it's TikTok or LinkedIn, I mean, you got 30 seconds to 60 seconds and you better hook them in the first three seconds. And so if you don't lead it great with great sound bites and a process, it's not going to work. And the reason why we do it privately is most people are not trained this way. They're not lean, mean soundbite machines. Why would they be? It doesn't make you very human yeah. to walk around doing that. But if you're not used to being media trained to show up on the six o'clock news and nail your sound bites, you're not going to be good at this. So we do it privately and we leave with intention and we capture it with video first. Why video first? Because everybody loves video and it helps them do right. that. And you can see them. It's on point on voice. And then the video inspires the text, the images, the polls, the carousels and everything else that, that we yeah. can create all this kind of content and we can recycle it and push it out. And then what ends up happening is it creates so many feedback loops for that person, which is absolutely amazing. And what ends up happening is they have the feedback loop of doing it privately with a coach. They're held accountable to show up once per month. Plus they get feedback. Plus we're practicing this stuff privately and then editing keeps the best stuff. Two, they see it finally put together because sometimes they yeah. do a session and they're like, ah, that kind of sucked, didn't it? And you're like, don't worry about it. Editing's your friend. You'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, we'll make you look sharp. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you didn't look good today. So we're going to do an audiogram. Like, don't worry about it. We yeah. got you. We got you back. So but then you. they see the final product. They're like, oh, actually, I don't sound as dumb as I thought I sounded. So they're a little more confidence. And then they put it out to the web and they get the feedback loop from there. And so between there, they have three feedback things in a month that they come back excited, inspired, and ready to do the next one and get back. Better. And what ends up happening is they become a more effective communicator over time. And so, because when you learn to speak about your business and you're held accountable to speak about it, if you become a more effective communicator, you become a better leader to your team. Mm -hmm. You end up being able to lead your clients better, more effectively. So then you get, they stay longer, less churn, and they refer you more business. Three, you start closing more deals. And then because now we took out all the tedious stuff that was preventing you from being consistent. Now people can get to know you. Because now you're showing up and that knowing leads to liking if you write the right kind of content. And then, you know, if you do enough of it over time, you have trust because we, we don't buy from people we don't know, like, and trust. And we can't trust you if we don't like you. And we can't like you if we don't know you. So knowing is consistency. Right. Liking is the way you create your content, which is a very specific way that you need to do it to make people like you and trust is time. And so that stack of content, if you just do that alone, that's a great way of just staying top of mind with your existing clients and, and, and warm network. And you'll get way more referrals and you can, and the best business is referrals. So now you can put fuel on the fire. Now, oh, eventually sure. people need to get past that and they need to do something else. So this is where we have, that's your short form pillar. We have two other pillars to the process, long form 
in controlled form. And so long okay. form is your one-to-many selling conversion event. This is what's known as a webinar or workshop. This mm-hmm. is where you get put on stage and you speak for an hour. Reason why we want you to speak for an hour or teach something for an hour is because it ends up fast-tracking the trust process because we should never sell to someone who doesn't who doesn't already know, like, and trust us. It's futile. Right. If you try to sell someone, you're not preaching to the choir. It's <laughs> yeah. way it's way hard, right? It's pretty you brutal. Gotta, <laughs> you gotta be good at sa- you like you gotta be good at sales. And you know what? Oh, Most people negotiation, not, persuasion. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to it. And people are not good at sales, right? They, yeah. they, we're not, and you nor should you be. And nobody wants to be sold to or marketed to. So if you do this well and you build the no like trust factor then you can suck at sales right <laughs> and you can charge more because you're seen yeah. as more valuable because now there's demand so the only reason we do the long form is be able to fast track that so what we want to do is take from the short form ladder up to the yeah. long form and then the yeah. controlled form is the exact same thing as the short form the only difference is you're leveraging paid media to do it you run ads the problem organically right. is only five to ten percent of your audience sees your organic stuff so yeah. that's that means 90% of the time you're not being seen. Well, if you just take your your audience plus add a very strategic one because you can build a list and upload it yeah. into what's called a matched audience and you can guarantee your snackable content is seen. So then you can start being like Coca-Cola or Nike but not have to spend the Coca-Cola or Nike budgets. And if you do that process over time, what's beautiful about it is it compounds. And if you understand how compound interest works, this is why you'll understand Einstein says it's the eighth wonder of the world is because people mm-hmm. who understand it earn it and those that don't pay it. And, yeah. and, the, and the reality is people who don't, they don't do the basics over and over and over and over again. They don't do something that's evergreen. They get involved in something else. They have the green shiny syndrome and they start doing right. all kinds of other stuff that it never compounds. So this thing you do when you start it, you will never, ever, ever stop doing. And so the question you ask is, is it in my budget and how much time is going to take? Because time is the is a non-renewable resource. That's the real obstacle that you're trying to overcome. And then is it evergreen? If it is, you do it. And so if you can keep this in budget, an hour and a half per month, plus it compounds over time, this is a good investment. It protects a moat around my business. It, it protects a moat around my personal career. Good to go. So this is why I love this business. The point is until your, your close referral rate is more than your churn rate, do not proceed and collect your $200. Do not go past go. Stop, pause, fix, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. No, that's... uh. And I, and I can just attest to, you know, from the, uh, you know, the personal branding part of it, because that is, uh, that's been huge, you know, for, um, our success as far as just having that, that presence on social media consistently, 100%. um, you know, you know, just recently we had somebody, uh, reach out to us that has been following us for two years, right? two years. That's ex- <laughs> it's a long game. <laughs> People underestimate that, but that's amazing, though. Amazing. Yeah, and then and then reached out, had a couple, had like two meetings, and now they're they're on board. Uh, you know, as right. a new partnership, yeah. it's absolutely incredible, especially for for B two B. Um, you know, I I just feel like the time is the biggest you know component to this. Um, but it's so worth it, and it, the way how you worded it with just an hour, um, is definitely worth. You know, it's like you could. Any busy person could carve out an hour. I've right. I've talked with you know well, what's your time uh, worth, influencers, right? celebrities, yeah. and it's like they have an hour 
then that means that that CEO or person, the executive, they got an hour to carve out. uh, What what would you pay to to multiply yourself literally hundreds of times to hundreds of people every single day for one one hour? And what is your time worth to you at the end of the day? And if you're really successful, like it's worth a lot, a thousand bucks, you know, an hour, $2,000 per hour, $5,000 per hour. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And if it's taking you an hour a day and your your time is worth, let's just say the average consultant is 500 bucks an hour. That's pretty standard if you're, yeah. if you're good at what you do, right? Mm-hmm. So if it took you, you know, an hour a day to do this type of stuff over 20 business days, right? All of a sudden you're at 10 grand. It makes sense yeah. to to pay a smaller amount, 2,500 bucks to, to, to yeah. do that. And they'll probably do it yeah. better than you, right? Like it's yeah. leveraging that time. The time is, <laughs> right. the, time is the real They actually issue. know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like us, we have a 10,000 foot view because we have yeah. dozens and dozens and dozens of busy CEOs and founders. And so we get to see the trees from the forest. Let's say sometimes you just right. see your own stuff. You're like, is this working? You're like, yeah, yeah, on the averages, you're doing great. And you just need confirmation, right? You're like, okay, cool. So I don't totally suck. No, you don't suck. Just keep yeah. going, you know? Just or, keep going. Or, or hey, here's the trends of the things that are working like follow the aces method authority connect engage and show well what's that okay here's what we need to do works every single time you follow that formula the post does well because if i go through and evaluate it i can see the patterns i'm like yep authority connect engage and show and what i mean by that is like did you give a tip that made things better connect did it hit the heart the gut or the funny bone engage did you give permission for other people to participate in the content and then show did you show your work don't tell people that you're awesome like show that like actually like show sneak peeks behind the scene and screenshots and other stuff yeah (laughs) and if you do those things in a post people are tend to want to talk about it and share it and it's gonna like blow up and it's gonna get the attention that you want yeah simple yeah very simple very simple i mean and, and this stuff is very uh i think people get overwhelmed with it but this yeah. simplified, like the way how you just explained is, is incredible. I mean, just simplifying this process because just we're t- and, and people hear this all the time. So it's not like they need to tell you that social media is important. It's yeah. just that the other side of this, the success and the outcomes are can be absolutely tremendous and life changing. Yeah. Um, and people like Matthew want to, you know, have you experience that you know, of, of all the wins, all the successes that can happen, uh, where it, so thank thank you so much for, for being on this podcast, man. I mean, this is incredible. I feel like we could have dived deeper into your story a little bit, um, as well. Cause it's very interesting. And I love that you took that path of kind of discovering yourself, um, and then pouring kind of gas to the fire of the things that you do great, which is an operator, which is building. And now you're just doing just that. Who knows where you're going to be in 20 years, <laughs> if this company is going to be the last one, or if you're going to have a couple more after that. Um, thank you so much. Where can people find you at? Where can people uh, get connected with you? Yeah, there's just two places to find me. You can find me on LinkedIn. Just search Matthew Hunt or Automation Wolf automationwolf.com it's just spelled exactly the way it sounds and um that's on purpose you can just only find me at those two places right now awesome awesome man well thank you so much for your time and uh yeah we're definitely gonna stay uh stay connected and uh and keep this going so if you're watching listening definitely drop a comment uh like subscribe to the channel um and we are streaming on everywhere we're youtube i mean anywhere you can find us also this uh podcast is in our forever movement uh, so all members will be able to check this out so till the next time keep changing your circle to change your life and we out peace
Thanks for watching this video. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to hit that notification bell for more amazing content that we're going to be putting out. And don't forget, you can change your circle to change your life.